If your spider plant is looking peaky and that Venus flytrap you bought just kicked the bucket, you need On The Ledge, the podcast about indoor gardening where you learn everything you need to know to keep your house plants looking lush. I'm Jane Perone. Join me and a host of wonderful guests to chat all things houseplants at On The Ledge Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Joe Chung and Mark Osterman. We have a fun show for you this week. This was the first week we streamed the show live in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Miles to Memories. Previously, we had been doing it live in our Diamond Patreon, but now it is in our main Facebook group. So definitely check it out. We'd love to have you live. We want more and more people to join us as we record it. Again, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash miles to memories. On this week's show, we talked about Hyatt coming to Las Vegas with their big news about Rio and what we expect to come there. Also, the bumpy return to travel, how it's been a little bit hard to book travel with more demand and less supply with travel agencies, just not enough people on the phones, huge wait times. What should you know about that? And then we'll talk about our plans for free night certs, how we're going to use all these certs this year, specifically some of the bookings that we have rapid fires and more. If you like the show, please consider subscribing. mtmpodcast.com is where you can go for that. Also, just search Miles to Memories in your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to leave us a review. Tell your friends about the show. Thanks so much for listening. Hope to see you in the Facebook group live. Let's hit it. Hey, gentlemen, how has uh, your week been? Mark, I know you were up in northern Michigan beating down sheds. I know that you had uh, you wrote on the website, right, how you Use your travel hacking to, to get a new shed. And then I saw pictures of you working hard up there. How's the uh, how's everything been? Oh, it's actually at the our house. So it's not up at the, the cottage. So yeah, I had to tear it. We had this old metal shed. It was rusty and nasty. So I ordered a new one from Lowe's. They're going to come out next week to install it. But we had to tear down the old one ourselves and then prep the land, make sure it's level and everything. So that's pretty much what I did all weekend. Tore it down. Carried it out to the curb. Some random guy picked it up, which was nice. Got it off my yard. And then I spent the Sunday just moving dirt around to try to make it look level. I don't, I don't know if I su- succeeded or not. We'll see uh, when they come out next week and tell me if I sucked at it or if I was good. I, I have so many projects that I need to do. Here in Vegas, we have just a, a short period of time, it feels like, in spring before it becomes like 100 degrees and then it's too hot to do everything. So I'm feeling like the mounting pressure for all the stuff that I need to do, like, you know, gardening, you know, getting new plants replaced, fixing the grass, all that stuff. How things up there, Joe? How Fix, are you, uh, fixing the grass. Don't you just uh, put new AstroTurf down? Isn't that I how know, you I was going to ask, do your plants <laughs> no, even I, live? I meant reseeding. I meant reseeding. Uh, yeah, the grass does live. It, it, it takes a lot of water, but it lives. Uh, yeah, things are up here are okay. We had some medical issues combined with uh, house reconstruction issues. So... I no longer have a uh, door blocking this room off. So if you hear my kids, I have to apologize. It's going to take a while to get that door replaced. But uh, yeah, we uh, had a little hospital trip, but uh, everyone's okay. A little worse for the wear, but everyone's healthy. And so, yeah, it was. uh, And then we spent all weekend catching up. You know, whenever there's a medical thing and you kind of lose half a day, uh, you spend the rest of the weekend catching up. So we were catching up, but excited to be here, excited to be recording in the daytime. Hopefully my kids don't come running in here. Got to get the Daniel Tiger going, but, you know, I think we'll be good. 
Maybe we can make it go viral if they do like that news guy that his kids just <laughs> came in in the background when uh, when he was talking to the um, anchor and everything. I, I still find that funny. They're not that cute. They're not that cute. <laughs> well, what's funny about that is he was talking about like North Korea, South Korea, like some very like serious topics. And then all of a sudden, yeah, that was a great, great clip. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. But little do we know, little do we know that was going to become all of our lives for the next year. You know, he was just the. That's true. Yeah. He was the forerunner of people interrupting people's zooms or kids interrupting your zooms. Exactly. We all learned the lesson, uh, whether it be uh, kids storming in or, or something else. So, Joe, I know you wanted before we get into the show. I know you wanted to talk about something, and then we're going to get into uh, to the normal show. So, go ahead. You know, thank you, Sean, for giving me the chance to talk a little bit. I'm sure people saw the news uh, about Georgia and how um, six. Asian Americans were killed uh, in that mass shooting. And I, you know, I knew about it when we were recording live last week, and I regretted a little bit not saying something at the time, but I want to see, um, you know, how the news broke. So I guess I don't completely regret it. But I just want to say really quickly, um, for those who are unaware, what happened in Georgia, regardless of what you think of it, is just a culmination of a year of harassment and sometimes physical violence towards people who look like myself, people who are Asian American or Asian American Pacific Islander, which is kind of the people group term we use. And it has been something that has been bothering me for uh, the course of this pandemic, but even more so in the last few months as things have gotten worse. And I, I'm just here to say, whether you've heard about it or not, like this is real, this harassment and sometimes violence is happening. I had a friend of mine tell me that someone, you know, just randomly did something to his mom and then just walked away, you know, and this is in, this is in New York. You know, there are, I know people whose parents have just been knocked down uh, or friends of friends, you know, these stories are being circulated or have been circulated amongst the Asian American Pacific Islander community um, for months. And so it's tragic that Georgia had to happen for more people to pay attention. And in some ways, I wish I'd said something sooner, but I did want to just say, please um, believe that this is an issue that's been happening in our country um, and an issue that really does need to stop. I will just have uh, two recommendations if you want to help. I think the first thing to do is just to learn about how, you know, I can speak personally as a Chinese American. I've always felt foreign, even though I was born here and I speak perfect English in a, in a small way. Sometimes it's explicit. Sometimes it's subtext. If you Google the term yellow peril and look at some of the history in this country, um, you'll understand maybe where some of that has come from. And if you are so inclined or if you're not sure what to do, you can also check out the organization Stop AAPI Hate. They are kind of documenting what's happening and they're a good resource to support. But yeah, it's just something that's been weighing on me. And so again, I appreciate Sean and Mark, you giving me the chance to talk about this um, just for a couple of minutes. And um, yeah, Stop AAPI Hate. Thanks for, for sharing your truth and for sharing those resources and for opening up a perspective that maybe some of our listeners uh, don't necessarily have. Let's get into the show now and talk about, we're going to talk about Hyatt coming to Las Vegas. We're going to talk about how we're all struggling to book travel with all the cutbacks that have happened and then what we're going to do with all of our free night certs on today's show. So, so much coming up. Let's start with Hyatt coming to Vegas. Mark, I know that uh, I got so excited about this news last week that I sat in front of a camera and recorded a video and uh, I was already like 90% done with editing it when you're like, oh, let's hop on and do a video. And I know you got 
So you didn't get a chance on the YouTube channel to, to say your piece about all of this. But Hyatt and Rio Las Vegas announced this giant redevelopment plan, which includes a 1,500-room Hyatt Regency, some other Hyatt brands. So I guess I, here's your chance, Mark. What do you what do you think about it? <laughs> <laughs> YouTube.com yeah. slash Miles to Memories. <laughs> yeah, so Sean uh, wanted the spotlight all to himself last week, it appears, but... No, I mean, I think it's big news. If you've if you followed the MTM Vegas on podcast on on YouTube, then you you know that Sean stayed at Rio recently, and it was a hot mess. And there's been other videos of people in the rooms, and they just look beat up and dirty. And Rio's been kind of forgotten child of Vegas. It's off the strip a little bit, and it used to be a celebrated property, and it's kind of fallen into disrepair. So you know, we were waiting for them to redevelop it after the sale recently. And to hear that it's Hyatt is is a little bit surprising. I know there was rumors of it, but to hear that they're taking over everything, I thought maybe it would be like a, a Resort Worlds thing where you have different brands coming in or like a Baja Mar where they have a Hyatt there, but they also have other brands as well. So it's going to be, is it, is it going to be the largest Hyatt when you combine all of the properties together, I would assume? Is that right, Sean? I think so, because I think Baja Mar is right now, and I think it's less than 2,000 rooms. So it's, yeah, I, I probably will be if you combine all the rooms together. It'll be over 2,500 rooms when all is said and done. And they haven't said what those other brands are. Do you have any, do you guys have any ideas uh, off the top of your head? They said they'll be full service brands. So my guess I'm thinking is... thinking Centric for one. Yeah. Would yeah. be my guess. Because, I mean, Rio, I think at best is going to be a mid-tier property, like a Hyatt Regency is a good brand for that. Centric is another one like that. As far as the third, I don't even know, maybe just a regular Hyatt. I doubt it's going to be like a Park Hyatt or something like that. But what's interesting is Rio is all an all suites property right now. So I'm guessing they're going to work with the layout the way it is and just update stuff. I doubt they're going to do a, a huge reconfiguration. So how will that play into a Hyatt Regency? Is it going to be massive rooms with suites and stuff? How are they going to reconfigure it? So I'm looking forward to see that type of stuff. It might be the best Hyatt Regency in the world when it's done, simply because everything will be a suite, but we'll see. I mean, the average room, they said, at the Hyatt Regency will be 580 square feet. So that's huge. I mean, that's as big as a lot of the luxury hotels. Rio was actually built as a luxury hotel. People don't know that. Uh, that's one of the reasons why you have features like floor-to-ceiling windows. Just think back in the late 80s, what had floor-to-ceiling windows? Almost no casino or, or hotel did. So they have some features there that they can work with. I actually disagree. I think you will see a very high-end brand. I'm not sure we'll see a Park Hyatt, but maybe, but more like maybe an Andaz, like a really nice Andaz with a few hundred rooms. And then I probably agree with you. We'll probably see Centric in those other rooms. Although again, the rooms are very large. So if they are spending the money, I think that they can rehab this property into some fairly high-end rooms uh, with the Hyatt Regency taking up the vast majority of it. I mean, Joe, are you excited about this? Uh, you know, are you excited about it being Hyatt specifically, or do you think the M Life Hyatt partnership is enough? I was excited. I mean, I think I would have been more excited if it was on the strip. The Rio, I don't know. I'm like a East Coast loser who just comes and mostly stays on the strip, barely even goes to Fremont Street and stuff like that. So Rio, you know, and I don't generally rent a car in Vegas. So Rio is kind of out of the way. So I, I wish it was kind of something on the strip, but at the same time, I think having a Hyatt option is exciting, especially as a globalist, as you know, half the country is right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm most curious, you know, I can't remember the layout of the Rio. So like if they 
divide it into different brands, are there like already separate buildings so they can just make each building like a different brand or how's that going to work? Yeah. So the main tower is called the Ipanema Tower. That's the old part of the building. I think that that has about 1500 rooms. So my guess is that the Hyatt Regency will be completely within that tower. And then they have uh, the the other tower there, which is about a thousand rooms, which I imagine they would split up uh, between two other brands. The, uh, oh my God, I can't think of the name of the tower. I guess saying Masquerade that. Tower. Masquerade. Oh my God. Uh, Isn't that so the one have, that they didn't let you stay in too? <laughs> yeah, that's the one that they had closed. That's the one that was built uh, in the nineties and it's a little bit newer. Uh, also has very big rooms and it has the voodoo lounge at the top with a zip line. And so there's a lot going on there. And I feel like that's going to be where the top of that building is where you'll see the highest end Hyatt brand. And I expect the Hyatt Regency to be in the other tower completely, the Ipanema Tower. Yeah, I guess the thing that I always forget, you see it more in like Asia, but you can have different hotels in the same building and you just divide it by floor. So yeah, that's a good point. I, I kind of forgot that you could do that. And we're seeing that more in Vegas now with, uh, you saw you see Park MGM, the former Monte Carlo has Nomad Hotel, which is on the top floors there. And uh, of course, Resorts World is building uh, Hilton, Conrad and LXR. So three hotels within the same building. So we do we do see that happen. And you're right, like in Macau and in all throughout Asia, you'll see these buildings, you'll see these hundred story tall buildings where they're mostly offices or they're mixed use and then just the top floors are a hotel. So it's uh, it's a little bit more that, common, I think, than here. Yeah, that reminds me of the I don't know if you guys ever watched the Netflix special about the infamous Cecil Hotel, but they had that where it had a bad history. So the the bottom few floors, they changed to a different a different hotel name and then had a little different check in area. But yet they'd still use the same elevator bank, so it was it was it's kind of weird. But they had that set up as a workaround to get away from the bad reviews for the main part of the hotel. Um, but if you haven't watched that documentary, it's very good. It gives you like the history of the hotel and you know kind of the shady past it has, and you know an overall of LA and stuff. And so I found it really interesting. I'm uh, embarrassed to say, by the way, that only when you said Ipanema Tower did I realize that the Rio was you know themed after Brazil. Like sorry. <laughs> the God. name didn't give it away. <laughs> no, it did not. Or all they the used... like the 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 what is it? No, every hour they have the like they have the parade thing. Nope just just this just this moment did that connection <laughs> oh my get made. That's in my crazy. Mind. That's great. And their masquerade, uh, their you know their mascot for so many years was Rio Rita, who was this very festival Brazilian lady who went around the casino and led all of the parties. So yeah, I mean, it would be good to see a little bit of that coming back. We don't know if the Rio theme, which has been largely sort of diminished over the years, uh, will come back. I, I do assume that the property will stay named the Rio. I believe this is a franchise agreement in that the the property owners are going to run the hotels too. So we will see how, how all that shakes out. The other X factor here, uh, Joe and Mark, is the Vegas Loop, which is Elon Musk's boring company's proposed mass transit system for Las Vegas, which will go to that part and we'll have a stop at Rio if it's all built. And if that happens, then that whole not being on the strip scenario is not one that's nearly as important. So that's something that could happen. What do you guys think? Does, will this affect the M-Life partnership long-term as more Hyatt loyalists kind of stay at Rio and ignore the strip? Or is Rio not going to be enough to uh, make up for that? I don't foresee it causing any issues there. I, I will say one nice thing about this is if they have three brands and you're doing the brand explorer perk, you could swap hotels every day and barely, you know, carry your luggage throughout the, the same property. And you could knock off three brands if you don't have whatever brands they end up deciding uh, to go with. So that'd be kind of cool. But as far as MGM, I don't, I don't foresee it being an issue. 
I don't think Rio is going to be that huge of a draw, maybe for Hyatt fans that don't want to be on the strip. But even then, using points in Vegas isn't a big deal. You know, usually it's a bad offer, a bad redemption. So I don't see it. (laughs) Yeah, I feel the same way. I I just don't think it's going to be enough of a draw. Like I said, you know, if you're a person like me, you generally stay towards the strip. You know, you kind of need something super exciting to pull you away from that orbit. Maybe, maybe they'll come up with something cool, but as of right like now, Circa, you need Circa. Yeah, as of right now, I don't <laughs> see anything. All right, well, let's. We talked enough Vegas. As anybody out there, if you want more Vegas, check out mtmvegas.com. That's where you can find all of our Vegas coverage on the site, plus all of our YouTube videos. And Mark and I on the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories, we do a weekly Vegas news show uh, called MTM Vegas. So check that out because we're always talking about this stuff and uh, we love it. And you will, if you hear Mark uh, talk about Circa, you'll hear him talk about Circa quite a bit on that show because he is a hashtag Circa fanboy. Although admittedly, I like Circa a lot myself, so I can't really uh, say that. But let's move on to, to (laughs) there are a few things, Mark. There are a few things. No, there's not. Just the price. That's That's it. Yeah. All right. So let's (laughs) move on to something else that we talked a little bit about last week. I didn't want to complain too much, but we're hearing more and more reports about how difficult it's been kind of getting back to travel, specifically with staffing levels at travel agencies, uh, calling in. You know, I talked about how it was two hours uh, with American Express Travel last week, and we've heard reports from City and from Chase and from just about all over. And it's becoming kind of evident that it's going to be a ramp up process. It's going to be difficult to sort of get the whole travel industry back to where it was before as demand is seems to be like surging right now. Yeah, when the pandemic first hit and everybody was having trouble with, you know, the Chase Travel Portal, Amex Travel Portal, City trying to cancel flights and dealing with long call on hold times and and the call centers not really knowing what to do and stuff. And you're hearing all those same stories again now when you're trying to change re- rebook something. Ian Snyder just wrote a piece that went today where it took them, you know, three and a half hours to make a simple booking because they said there was a credit and then they were like, oh, that was an error, but we're going to honor it. And then it's going to take us three and a half hours to book a cash flight and use this credit. And then Ryan Flanagan, who's a moderator in our Facebook group, spent 12 hours trying to cancel a flight that he booked with JetBlue through the Chase Travel Portal. And Sean talked about his Amex Travel Portal issues last week. So you're hearing all this. And I said earlier on in the pandemic, don't book travel portals anymore because it seems like they're just not fit for these type of things if it's a a trip that you take and there's no issues no cancellations no flight changes and stuff it's fine but when you run into issues you're dealing with a call center that's not prepared for it and not really informed uh frontline reps so that's the thing and then i called delta uh, you know i made a minor booking i had paid cash for my flight and i was trying to book my son to alaska using miles And since we weren't on the same itinerary, I had to call in to make the booking and Delta had a four hour hold time. You know, that's just crazy. So I ended up doing it via text and that took like an hour for them to respond. Uh, So that's a better option. But still, you're you're dealing with this stuff. And then the Carmageddon article about about car uh, car rental places selling a, a big their surplus of cars. So everything's short. Prices are high. It's hard to find car rentals in certain areas if it's a busy weekend. So all that stuff, it's just going to be really bumpy, I think. When you talk about car rentals, Joe, in Florida, I was searching for next week for both Orlando and Tampa, no car rentals, no cars from any of the major agencies. A few of the smaller ones had cars for like hundreds of dollars a day, but that's crazy. Yeah. Are you booking on a weekend? I 
I'm like worried I have a potential midweek car rental in April and I'm worried that I'm going to show up and there's going to be no car, which is, I think the worst thing, but so you're not even seeing the ability to like book a car at all. Well, so we're going to South Florida first and then driving up and that was the original plan. And, and I was like, well, maybe we'll just skip South Florida with all the craziness that's been going on. Although we're probably just going to be at our hotel. So we're not going to be in the middle of all of that, but you're not going to take so I went, a well, five-year-old to Miami beach to party, <laughs> not to party, but we Club are taking it. a five. Hey, she turns six tomorrow, Joe. So she's a big girl oh, now. Wow, so she wow, can wow. handle it. <laughs> nice. Happy birthday. But uh, well, I will tell her that, and she was uh, she will be very happy because she woke up this morning telling me one more day, one more day. Look uh, at the Coomers taking up birthday wishes. Two March episodes is just in a row. it's just our it's just our month. But then you know anniversary after that birthdays. It's a dearth after that. But so I was like, well, maybe we'll just do Orlando and and we'll rent. We, you know, we'll fly there instead of flying to South Florida. And there was no rentals at all in in uh, Orlando. I was able to get the, the the rental from South Florida, which I already had, dropping off in Tampa at the end of the trip. Thankfully, with some of the tricks I've learned over the years, was able to save a little bit. But the car rental situation is pretty pretty nasty. Yeah, I mean, from my experience working as a travel agent, calling Disney, like the times, the wait times have gotten crazy. You know, I was trying to make a simple ticket change for a client the other day, and it was like a 90 minute wait time for like a five minute conversation. So I definitely think it's exactly what you're saying, Mark. People are booking, there are things that need to be done, but they have not ramped up the call centers that's what we're seeing with the rental cars as well you know i wonder um i wonder like in terms of staff at hotels and things like that whether that's gonna be an issue as well because you know i'm guessing most of these hotels haven't been selling out you know last week we saw at uh disney world again i was talking to someone and they were like they saw someone next to them who was checking in, who had a problem with a room and they could not change rooms because it was completely sold out. So I think things are coming hard and fast. I'm hoping in one to two months, things will kind of find their equilibrium, but I don't know. It's, um, you know, that's why I think mark your advice, avoid the weird ways to book things, not weird, but like finicky ways to book things like portals and things like that. Just avoid that for the next three to six months, because if, if you have a problem, then all of a sudden you're in for a big headache. But do we think that we're going to have these same problems through the airlines directly from anywhere? Are we going to have staffing issues pretty much across the board? Or do we hope that it'll be a little bit better booking direct? Well, I saw an article that um, one of the airlines like called back a bunch of their furloughed um, flight attendants and stuff. So hopefully they get the staff back. I do think um, you see it with the airlines when you're calling in, like Joe said, for the call center and myself. But they're better set up for it where like Delta will call you back. You can leave your number. Um, or you can contact them through social media or through their, you know, their app and messaging and stuff. So there's a lot more ways to get through. If you're just strict, strictly calling in, you're probably going to run into similar issues, but you have more options versus the portals where it's basically you just call in and then, you know, the frontline reps for the airlines and the hotels and stuff are usually more knowledgeable than they are with when you're calling into Chase or, or Amex and stuff like that. So I think it is better to book direct going forward, as especially with their cancellation policies going on right now and how easy it is to cancel. You're working with something that you can use in the future easier or you'll get all your money back where if you cancel through Chase, they might say, well, you have a credit with us now and you have to call, call us back to book, which is what I ran into uh, with my booking through Expedia. I have to call Expedia to use my travel credit, where if I had booked it directly with the airline, I could have um, cashed that back out to my bank account. 
uh, with with Latam. So I think uh, going direct is the way to go for the for the near future. I expect this to take like four to six months before it's back to normal, because think of how long it took them to ramp down in park mm. planes and everything. I think it's going to take just as long for them to ramp back up. There's only so much money I'm willing to save for stress. You know, like fifty dollars is not worth a four four hour phone call for me in general. I totally agree. I don't like these long phone calls. And I think this is just kind of part of what the hobby is, is figuring out the most efficient ways to do things and the best way to do things. And in this case, like you say, avoiding those travel portals, or at least being very choosy about what you book through them. I think air, you know, airfare is the definitely the most complicated part of all of this. I think booking hotels is probably a little bit safer, a little bit easier to deal with activities. I don't know if Either of you guys do that, but I'm going to be doing some theme park tickets, stuff like that. I'm a little less concerned about that, although I tend to do that stuff uh, as last minute as possible so that I know I don't have to change things or, or be flexible when it comes to that. But we'll keep an eye on this stuff and we will let you guys uh, know any uh, struggles or anything we're learning and any tips that we come across along the way from our community of people here. But let's talk some fun stuff now. And I know that all of us have tons of free night certificates, as do all of our uh, listeners just from cancellations and from them being extended and more flexibility. And so I know I have a ton with Hilton, Hyatt, and Marriott. I'm sure you guys are in a similar situation. So I thought maybe we would talk a little bit about what we're going to do with them now that most likely the extensions are done, right? We're not going to get any more flexibility than we already have. So we better kind of get them on the books. So what are you guys, uh, what are you guys doing? Can I get on my soapbox for a minute about Hilton? <laughs> And how awful their free night cert uh, policy yeah. is, which I'm, I'm going to write this up as well. Uh, so a little preview for the podcast people. But, you know, the fact that everybody else allows you to book them online, they're in your account that you can easily find them. You can check your expiration dates. You know how many you have. Hilton makes it so difficult to track all that stuff down. Like it's not on your account anywhere. You can't find it. You can't book it. You have to call in. And we just talked about call center waits. And when you call in, it's always an issue. And, and I hate calling Anyway, so it's a waste of time. It's a waste of our time and it's a waste of their reps time. They could be helping a customer that has an issue versus trying to book a hotel that I could easily do online. So I think it's, you know, they're trying to create breakage and issues and I don't know, maybe it's just bad IT and their IT is like the city runs it. I don't know. But the fact that they create all these barriers to entry just to use something that you earned is I find very annoying. One tip is reach out to them, Twitter DM and they'll send you a list of all your cert, your certificates and when they expire, which the expiration dates are all over the place. I have three and not none of them have the same expiration date. So even though they've been extended, we're like with Hyatt, you know, they're all expiring at the end of this year type of thing. If you had them last year with Hilton, it's all over the place. So that's uh, that's my little uh, spiel, I guess. <laughs> I'll say about how much I hate Hilton free night certificates. As far as for using them, we have like five of those. I just found out. I thought we only had three or four. So we had some random ones pop up. I'm going to use a couple when we go to a, uh, when I take my son to Alaska in June. And then the other ones, I think we might just try to go bougie Orlando in the fall for their birthdays and, and stay at the Waldorf or something. And then I can use the resort credit I have with the Aspire there as well. I don't really have any plans. For Hyatt, um, which I know Joe's going to share a tip to use how you can use other people's certs and stuff. Um, I don't really know what I'm going to... I'll probably use a couple of those, maybe in Anchorage as well. Um, but I don't know what I'm going to do with those. Maybe a special trip that we plan to burn them. But I find that pretty easy. For IHG, I always use them in Cleveland. I have to go a couple times a year to go to Cleveland Clinic. And they have an intercontinental 
hotel attached, so it's really easy to use and nice. So those are the ones I have. I don't mess with Marriott, so luckily. <laughs> so how about you, Joe? Well, first of all, I forgot that I had Hilton stuff to worry about, so... <laughs> you have to fire up Twitter. Uh, and now, now I have a headache um, because I got to worry about those. My main concern was I had seven Hyatt certs that I needed to use. One was a cert that was like all the way up to Cat 7, so I booked Park Hyatt New York for my birthday, so that was easy. Then... Um, I have a couple more that I'm not sure what I'm going to do with. And then as Mark was alluding to now, what I didn't understand was, so as a globalist, I knew that I could use my hotel certs to guest of honor. So I, um, guest of honored my dad for a couple nights, you know, he's in Hawaii right now visiting my sister. So I guest of honored him and my mom for a few nights, but actually Mark, you said it's my tip, but I think it's your tip because I didn't even know this. You said that you can actually use a Hyatt award sort of certificate for anybody even if you're not yeah. list. it's called an award transfer and a shout out to kevin song who's a moderator in our facebook group he's he's been talking about this for years but i mean he's the one that told me about it you just call in and you say you want to book uh the award transfer and use your certificate so anytime like my wife's certificates are basically my certificates because i have her call and book for me and then and the cool thing is they'll add your um hyatt member number to it and it will be under your account so you'll see the reservation show up in your account as well as you'll earn the elite night credits for it and everything so that's why it's good to have a if you have a two-player system have two hyatt cards that you're getting up to four free night certs a year two from the annual fees and then two from the 15k and spend if you can hit it on both cards so it's basically like four nights earned towards my status which is good but you can do it for anybody now, the other thing that Hyatt has recently that I know none of us has really utilized as much as we should have is Pay My Way, where they've come out with this new tool that allows you to sort of combine together award nights and free night certs and some cash rates into one thing. So at least Hyatt's trying to make these as easy as possible. And like you say, they're flexible with the certs, giving you the ability to, to assign them over to other people. So kind of the opposite of what Hilton is doing. Pay My Way isn't perfect because you can't use any cash rate with it and there's some upgrades that you can't attach to those types of reservations but at least Hyatt's trying to make it easier for you to sort of mix together the stuff I have a, a Marriott issue because I have my Marriott seven night cert from a couple years ago that I've kept pushing off and right now I'm sitting at 28 nights uh, with Marriott year to date because they gave me 15 for having the business credit card and then they gave me 13 nights as their sort of way to juice because I had gold status last year. So I'm sitting at 28 nights would need 50 nights for platinum status. Um, if I got the bronze, what's, pla what's platinum get you like a free hot pocket when you stay, get you sweet upgrades and <laughs> no, it's, it's kind of similar actually to, Yo, to uh, bond smirch hot pockets. Mark. Yeah. <laughs> you know no, what you I get mean, without it? You just have to bring your hot pocket and then you're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen here. Cause this is interesting. I think it's a scenario. I'm it's, it's almost torturous. So, Essentially, right now, Marriott has double elite nights if you stay two or, two or more nights. And if I was to get the Bonvoy Brilliant personal credit card, let's say they just have an increased offer uh, for it. So that's why I'm saying that if I was to get that, that would give me 15 more nights, which would give me 43 nights. I would essentially have to stay four nights in a Marriott to get platinum status for almost two years. So that's, I mean, at that point, it's really very close. And then, of course, I have the seven night cert where if I stayed at a very nice resort, I'm getting free breakfast and a lot of benefit out of that platinum status. So it's kind of an interesting thing I gotta I gotta think over. Do I want 
to really invest more in Bonvoy? Do I want to get another Bonvoy credit card? You know, they have, of course, the the increased offer right now, but it has a hefty annual fee too. So that's kind of what's on my my mind there. And if I don't do that, where am I going to use that seven night Marriott cert? I mean, it's one of the top category ones. So, you know, there are some options like Marriott in Hawaii and there's some other different ones, but um, I'm a little torn there. And I know you guys like to accuse me of chasing status. So I, I don't know, but four nights to get platinum status, that is at least <laughs> tempting. That would tempt you, right? I mean, after thousands of nights in hotel rooms, what's four nights, right? In thousands of hotels. Thousands of hotels, Mark. Come on, get it right. <laughs> hey, um, for those of you who don't know, we are recording this live on Facebook in the Miles to Memories Facebook group for the first time. Uh, join us on Mondays around lunchtime Eastern. Facebook user, I'm sorry, I don't know who it is because I can't see in StreamYard, is accusing Mark of plagiarism no that's me that's actually me that's actually mark well good for you uh i thought it was gonna be spicy but now it's extra spicy so marcus accused himself of plagiarism in the face of yeah, he 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 typed out a hot pocket joke about Marriott uh, status last week, so I stole it from him. Anyway, join us live. <laughs> Have fun. All right, and let's. Uh, you guys got anything else to say? So, Mark, you're you're just burning IHGs, complaining about Hilton, nothing with Marriott. What about Hyatt? I mean, I the cool thing is I'm going to South Florida. I said I'm going to be able to use my certs for Confidante, which is going to get me the 14th brand on Hyatt's brand, so I'm only going to be one away. And um, I don't well, have a whole yeah. lot of other stuff planned. I used a couple. I used a couple of mine. We have a, a Diamond Lounge meetup coming up at, at the end of the summer, so I used a couple of those for that. And then I only have like two or three left over, so I'm sure I'll burn them throughout regular use. I'm not too stressed about it. Maybe go visit my parents and use it downtown Sarasota again. I enjoyed the Hyatt Regency there, so some options. But yeah, or maybe you know, I know we're looking to to do another event. For the diamond group towards the end of the year so hopefully it's something that has a category one to four high at nearby <laughs> am i the only one who hates to burn them on like a category three at twelve thousand points i'd rather no I, no it's so much I, I, don't worry about it i know no, three thousand right. points this is I why used, i bring it I up because i'm wrong to, and you're I right used to, i used to be like that but you know after a year of not traveling and all these certs piling up i gotta use them you know use them or lose them yeah you in a normal year when right. you when you only have three or four and you're traveling, you know, 30, 60 nights a year, it's not that hard to, to max them out, but they're just sitting there and you don't have a ton of plans. I'm just going to category three is good enough for me. All right. I, I agree with you, even though I'm still trying to come around personally to that way of thinking. I think you're absolutely right when it comes to that. All right. Let's go on to move on to rapid fires. And Joe, you want to start us off? Sure. A quick plug for Sean's other podcast, Disney Hacks. On uh, episode 25, they talked about Disneyland reopening. I think going along with the theme of travel starting to feel like it's getting back to normal, things reopening. You know, it's just a really positive episode. Sean and Greg look at all the things that they're excited about to go back to Disneyland. And so even if you're not a Disney fan, um, you know, I think all of us can relate to the idea of, you know, there are things about travel that we are looking forward to. So I thought it was a really fun episode. So just uh, wanted to plug that. There's a link on milestomemories.com, but you can also just find Disney Hacks on your favorite podcast app. What about you, Mark? You done writing your Facebook message? That'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Go check it out. It must be that random person calling me out for stealing the Hot Pockets joke, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so my um, rapid fire is actually going to be coming out later today. An article I wrote because we're recording Monday during the day. It's coming out Monday evening. But Amex posted, we, we had a sign-up bonus we were working on for the Schwab Platinum for my wife. And the points posted before I was even done spending. So I found that weird. I give you some ideas of what I think happened. Um, but yeah, they posted yesterday. I hadn't even completed the spending yet. I did make a purchase yesterday. And they posted right after, so I don't know if they just, even though it was still pending, if they counted it right away, but I found it strange. But the date shows that the points posted on Saturday when the spending wasn't completed till Sunday, so who knows? Lots of uh, weird stuff, but I love how Amex posts them as soon as the spending is complete versus waiting for the statement to cut. How about you, Sean? My rapid fire is the credit card application rules by bank. This is a resource that we've had on the website for a while, and we continually update it, and I know that we just updated it this week. So just think about all those little rules, like how many credit cards you can have, how often you could apply, all those types of things that you need to know for each of the major banks uh, so that you're uh, up to date before you make your recent uh, your credit card applications. So definitely check it out. Completely uh, up to date as of March 22nd. And that'll do it uh, for this week's show. I know uh, we're going to talk to Joe about all the many places you can find him on the internet in just a second, but definitely want to Reiterate, we'd love for people to join us in the Miles to Memories Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Miles to Memories, if you're not already in the group, uh, so you can join along live as we record this each and every week. Joe, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast or watching you in the Facebook group? You can find me at As Joe Flies all over social media. If you have any Disney questions, you can email me, Joseph Chung at travelmation.net, my travel agent email. What about you, Mark? You can find me on Twitter at Detroit Mark. Email me, Mark at milestomemories.com. Join our Facebook groups. Join our Patreon Diamond uh, Lounge. I'm in there all the time. Uh, we got a new moderator kicking off next week. So he's going to be taking on a whole bunch of new stuff and, and offer a whole lot more in the group. So that'll be good. And also, you know, come join us on our 52.7 articles a week. Stealing Sean's thunder. I mean, you're and stealing David's hey. jokes. You're stealing my thunder. I mean, what, <laughs> what aren't you stealing today, Mark? Hey, it's not plagiarism if you admit it <laughs> personally as you're doing it. Uh, yeah, so comment on any of the articles. I'll get back to you there. How about you, Sean? Is there anything left? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mark, thanks for all your work for the years on the Facebook group. We have our new moderator, Ryan, coming in, which is exciting. We are streaming to the Facebook group. We have all of our podcasts, our Disney podcasts, as Joe said. And of course, our Vegas content on youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. All of our miles and points content on miles to memories.com. And yeah, just check us out in the groups. We love to interact with people. And we love when you guys join us as we're recording this stuff live. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. See you next week. The funny thing is I, I took all the metal because it was a metal shed. So I took it all out to the road. And we're like, I don't know if you ever saw that Friends episode where anything they put in front of their apartment just gets picked up like within minutes. So we put all I put all this metal out there. And I was like, I wonder if somebody will just stop, stop and pick it up to like scrap it or whatever because I think they can get paid for it. We put it out there and I was like, after like 30, 40 minutes, I'm like, Kirsten, just put it on Facebook Marketplace that we'll pay somebody if they come pick this up because I don't want to stare at it all weekend. So I'm like, just put like 40 bucks or whatever in a couple minutes after she posted, a guy stops by or she goes to give him money. She's like, oh, did you see it on Facebook? He's like, no, I was just driving by. So we paid him even though. <laughs>
nice. he was gonna just pick it up anyways he's like oh okay thanks nice <laughs> nice that's how that works out Right, he, if you want to get rid of something, just drop it on our front yard and somebody will pick it up. It's like a magical zone. And I mean, that's true. I there's have witnessed my, it. I witnessed my wife it. Uh, chiming in that she's <laughs> mad that we ended up paying when we didn't have to. Oh, <laughs> no, Christian's uh, here live? What? Yeah, with oh, the, Joe, uh, Joe. the emoji, the swear emojis. All right, let's 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 move on to rapid fires. And Mark, you want to start us off? Sorry, go to Joe. I'm typing out something in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 